Today we're talking about a hot topic, the end times. And we're talking about what should we do? What is Elisha's and my personal take on this topic? And before you think we're going to get in a big, exciting debate about this, uh, I don't know. I'm just really excited to talk about it because this is something that I have been asked over the last maybe three weeks on Instagram over and over and over. What do you think about the state of the world? Do you think the Lord is coming for the second coming? What's your take? How should we be preparing? First of all, I think it's pretty adorable. (laughs) You guys are asking me this because I'm just like, I've got no clue. Um, Should we be heading for the hills, buying bags of grain, learning how to pull our own teeth? You know, I don't really have great advice for you on that one. But... Elisha and I are just going to talk about about our take on these things, and hopefully it's just an encouraging conversation. Before we start today's riveting episode, I do want to ask that if you're new here and you enjoy this podcast, Katie and I would love it if you left a rating or a review, uh, ideally like a five-star rating, and if you're going to leave a review, ideally like only leave a review if you like it so that you say nice things. about our podcast you Uh, guys do they say the nicest things we do not deserve the things you guys say it's true uh you guys have been so kind to katie and i i really do think that just your guys's kindness and encouragement has been what what has kept katie and i doing this podcast for almost two years now and uh so we're grateful for all your encouragement and we hope that we can be a blessing and uh i hope for you know ultimately that you guys are growing in your faith and that you're pursuing the lord more um and that yeah anyways All those things. All those things. (laughs) Okay, thank you guys. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, I'm Elisha Voberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Hey, Katie. <laughs> I told Elisha, people are going to listen to this intro and be like, wow, they are in a mood. And he yeah. was like, yeah, that's what you call recording a podcast when it's not midnight. <laughs> I know. it's This is the earliest we've recorded a podcast, maybe ever, actually. Yeah, definitely ever. Because we had, well, we wanted to go swimming. It's like sweating hot here. And yes. Elisha's uncle, out of the blue, invited us over to his pool tonight. And so we were able to get a babysitter to come over at yeah, mid-afternoon. four in the afternoon yeah. so we could record this podcast because we aren't going to go play till we get our work done. That's right. We said first things first, <laughs> we've got to record this week's podcast. Although this kind of is like play. This is. It is fun. Yeah. When, especially when you're here, Katie. And especially when we're talking about eschatology. No. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that says fun more than that big old word. Uh, it is funny because this has become the, the hot topic in our circles. And I'm sure many people are talking about uh, the end times and they're revisiting different prophecies of the Bible. Speaking of the end times. 
And there, I mean, I think anytime we're driven back to God's word, it's a good thing. Yes. You know, I think so. Whether you're seeking to learn more about the end times, you're seeking to learn more about whether Jesus Christ was God, uh, whatever it is, and you're going back to God's word to study it, something good comes from it. But this, this topic in particular uh, has come up, and I think it's for obvious reasons. You know, COVID-19, the world seems like it's in to some people it seems like it's in disrepair you know like it's never going to be good again and it's only going to get worse and uh i mean i don't blame people for feeling that way depending on the day or the hour i feel that way too and so it's just a common discussion right now yeah i feel like anytime bad things happen our parents have had this conversation. Our grandparents have had this conversation. You look back to the early church and they're having the conversation talking about Christ's second coming. Yep. And so this has always been a conversation. And whenever the world gets dark, it's really easy to jump to it's the end. Right. And dark meaning dark as we know it or darker than what we're used to living right. in basically. Right. Um, so it's all subjective. Yes. So that's kind of actually something that I am excited to talk about today because I just feel like this is something that's given me a lot of peace and joy right now. A lot of people are fearful. A lot mm. of people are anxious and I just want to real quickly touch on some, I don't know. What do you even call these things? I guess eschatology would be the right word. Some definitions real quick before sure. we dive oh, into yeah. this. I'd love to hear this. Okay. So pre many, there's basically three main types. There's premillennialism, postmillennialism, and amillennialism. Yeah, I think it's amillennialism. Okay, this wow, is this okay. <laughs> here we go. This is just going to be how the whole podcast no, it's not. Is. These are the hardest words to say. <laughs> and here's the thing, you guys. Uh, if I mispronunciate or mispronounce anything, it is because I am a book learner and I learn most things by reading and then I go to say them out loud and Elisha's like that is not how you say that word right so she, you guys she have to like, give me grace it is it's like the whole I like the hard way. it's like the epitome of hyperbole you know okay, like I know thing, that was, well no I know that but what's funny is that I feel like that's I feel like that's uh indicative of of homeschool for i mean okay listen, okay i love homeschoolers i was homeschoolers. We're attacking my homeschool oh no education. i'm not attacking anybody i was homeschooled i love homeschoolers and i'm gonna hopefully lord willing homeschool my children uh however i feel like we know how to read so many words and then yeah, it comes to saying them and we just strike out all yeah, the time because we weren't like taught necessarily by a professor right on a lot of these things i yeah. did all my college online too, right like so self-study I, like, never actually yes ever really sat in a room with a professor to yeah. help me learn how to enunciate. Okay, so premillennialism and Christian eschatology, this is according to Wikipedia, um, so hate them, okay? <laughs> if you don't agree with me, <laughs> is the belief that Jesus will physically return to earth or the second coming before the millennial. Millennium? Yeah, millennium. A literal thousand-year golden right. age of peace. Okay, so that's premillennial. Ism. And then postmillennialism is basically an interpretation of chapter 20 in the book of Revelation, which sees the fall of Rome kind of fulfilling revelation. And we are currently living in the millennial age. So mm. the second coming is after this thousand year current time mm-hmm. where things, a lot of postmillennialists feel like things are going to get better Mm -hmm. as the church is actively involved in the world until Christ's coming to reign here on earth. And then the amillennial view is is something kind of close to the postmillennial. We aren't going to dive into that. But 
this is regardless of what view you believe our attitude should be one of excitement peace and joy and that's the cool news regardless of where you're at i think sometimes we can caught up in debating the details but if you lean more towards premillennial thought Jesus is coming to get his bride, and that's an awesome day to be united with your hmm. forever lover. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so anticipating getting married to Elisha. Now, don't listen to our podcast where it says that our wedding was one of the worst days of Elisha's life. Well, maybe the wedding <laughs> or maybe day was. I wouldn't have anticipated it so much. But the marriage has been one of the best things in my life. Yeah, the so. marriage has been awesome. And a bride, she's preparing with excitement. Hmm. I mean, I'm starting to think of all these situations where maybe you have like an arranged marriage and you aren't excited about it. But in our case, I don't know if too many of our listeners were in a situation where they had (laughs) like a prearranged marriage. I don't know. Maybe staying on track here. If you lend, tend to lean more towards post millennial thought, we should be excited that Jesus is coming back to reign Hmm. again. Either way, Jesus is coming to reign Mm -hmm. and that should just be a thought that inspires us. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. And when I see Christians suffer with anxiety Hmm. and depression at the same rate, and I mean, that has been me this year at the same statistical rate as non-believers. That's really sad because it says something about what we believe about God. Yeah. And where we're putting our hope. Yeah, when we put our hope in things of this earth, then we're going to have the same anxiety and fear that non-Christians... Who only have this earth. they only have this to put their hope in. Right. And the Bible says that where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. That's right. And so if if our heart is stored up in, oh my goodness, all these things about the world are changing and... And it's not how it used to be, and I don't want this big, scary, unknown coming in the future, hmm. then there's something wrong about the about our faith. Wow. That's so, I think you're so right, Katie. And I think that I've not done a very good job of studying these different, uh, I guess, you know, eschatology, eschatological, eschatology, eschatology uh, you know, viewpoints. Uh, however, I do respect numerous theologians that hold each one of those positions, which is kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that I read and I respect and I admire uh, their view on on Christ and on the church and on their biblical and their biblical understanding, and uh, and yet they, you know, some of them each hold different different of those views. Um, but I do agree with you. Where our heart is, regardless of these views, I do think should be very similar as Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of how we view the end times and how it's going to unfold. And I think of what Paul said in Philippi- or yeah, Philippians 1, when he says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And then he goes on to say, I'm in this dilemma where I'm desiring to go be with my Lord and Savior. You know, and, and he's saying to die. I'm de- like, I've got this desire to end this physical life, you know, and to be killed and to go see Christ. But I know that it's necessary for me to be here because this is where God has me. Like, how do we Mm -hmm. know it's good for us to be here? Well, it's because we're here. God has us here and we can do the work that he has laid before us. And I do want that heart to be so excited to meet my Lord and Savior uh, and to be able to spend eternity with him. However, that takes shape, you know, whether that's 
me what just dying of old age whether it's me uh you know being killed it's like i want to look forward to this eternal life with christ and to look at my time here on earth as being an opportunity to serve my lord and savior to you know to walk in the works that he's before ordained as ephesians tells us he has created us for good works you know before the foundations of this world that we should walk therein uh and so i do think that regardless of how you view the end times we should Katie, as you said, have the peace of God that passes all understanding. We should be living to for God's glory, you know, for his purposes, for in seeking what his will is during this time, uh, and that we should be the most peaceful people on the world right now. Yeah, and I think something, for whatever reason, I heard a teacher recently where this thought just clicked and got me so excited because I live in America, which is a very, compared to the rest of the world, is considered a very free country. Yeah. And as a child, I would sit around and hear premillennial thinkers around me discuss the pre post or mid tribulation discussion. And I would get so scared. I'd Mm. be so afraid because I feared torture. I feared the church being shut down. I feared my future children being taken away, imprisonment, abandonment. And these things are already happening. Mm. They've happened since the beginning of the time beginning of time tribulation has been happening for thousands and thousands of years in other countries yes well it's you know even prior to christ coming to earth his people were persecuted all the time yeah, you know yeah, the jewish people we even yeah. had the gospel of christ right. his salvation with jesus christ coming we already like the jews were persecuted yep and i just think most people who are scared of this discussion of pre-trib post-trib all Mm -hmm. these things and tribulation are coming are often americans Mm. because we like to be comfortable here oh sure we like to be free that's right obviously people have died for us to have this comfortability but it's something that really freaks us out and so yeah maybe it's the end of the world as we know it in the country as we know it right now but here we are sitting in America debating things like pre-tribulation or post-tribulation, and there are Christians in tribulation right now. Right. All over the entire yeah, world. Yeah, physical peril. Yeah, yeah, physical. All the things that we're scared about sure. are actually happening every day. Right. And have happened since the, since the very the beginning began. of the church. Yes. Yeah. And their faith is real and their church is growing. I remember my mom when we were younger, she said persecution is one of the fastest ways to grow it church and since then i've heard that a lot that just thought we see this in the new testament i've been reading through the epistles that paul wrote and he mentions the church being persecuted and yet they're still growing Mm -hmm. and he's so grateful for that and i thought this was a interesting fox news headline that happened last fall and it says that iran has the world's fastest growing church despite no buildings wow (laughs) that's crazy so cool yeah And yet here in America, I see a tug at our freedoms, you know, like being very specific, you know, put a mask on, don't assemble at a church, do this, do, don't do this at work, you know. And what's funny is I headed straight for the Bible. Hmm. These, these things started popping up where government started stepping in more than I was used to. That's right. And I went straight for the Bible. I read more in the last three weeks than I have all year. Wow. And I've having more conversations with you guys than ever before. It's Mm. beautiful. Mm -hmm. And this isn't even 
persecution right. or tribulation. Yeah. But hard times are some of the best times for our faith. Wow. So this should be something, too, that we're excited about because I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. That's right. Just bumbling through the world. I want to know what I believe. I want to know what I believe is true of God, and I want to walk in that daily. Yeah, and Katie, you mentioned that this is a time where we're maybe a little bit, we're physically a little bit uncomfortable, and there's a potential for increased physical discomfort. Uh, but in, like you said, in times past, whenever there was physical peril or physical discomfort, that's been the, the church has really grown, and there's been dramatic spiritual growth, and that should really excite us. The idea of being spiritually awakened or renewed spiritually or just growing in a spiritual manner should be the most exciting thing that we could think of because that's where we're able to draw closer to the Lord. And also, I mean, we are spiritual beings. That is the eternal life that we're going to be living. This physical life, we, regardless, again, of what our view is on the end times or if we're going to experience persecution through tribulations and all those questions, Mm -hmm. these physical bodies are going to die. And it's probably going to hurt when we, like, it's going to be painful when these bodies die, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that's of old age or whether it's of a car crash, whatever it is, they're going to die and they're going to be disposed of. Yet our eternal soul, our spiritual being is going to be what lives on forever. And so if we're given an opportunity, which we are right now, to grow in our spiritual state, to grow in our spiritual walk, then we should embrace that and cling to that and be more and more confident in that. Yeah, I love that perspective. And again, just consider, it's been so helpful, I guess, for me to consider what is actually going on in the church as a whole and not basing my view off of what God is doing, whether he's coming, whether he's not coming, whether this is the end times, not the end times, all that stuff off of what I personally feel like in my neighborhood, Hmm. in my community, Hmm. the church as a whole is being persecuted It is, is, whether we see it or not. Whether we're seeing that daily or not, it's happening. Mm -hmm. And that took a lot of fear away from me because I'm not looking towards these times where all of a sudden maybe humans are going to have to withstand this intense amount of persecution or tribulation or whatever. Humans have been withstanding these these horrible, horrible wrongs against them for not denouncing their faith and Christ has supernaturally sustained them forever. That's right. Like as long as, as long as the church has existed, the church has existed. And, and I do think it's cool. The darker the world gets, the harder it is to hide our own light. Hmm. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but this is how I feel. So I feel like we either snuff it out and try to blend in or we just embrace it. That's right. Like I'm different. I am shining. I am obvious. That's right. I'm a candle on a hill. That's right. And it can't be hit. And I think here in America, regardless of whatever else is happening in the whole world, we've really been able to have our little candles just blending in. Yes. Yes. And we haven't had to really In my short life, that's how it's been. That's how it's been in my, you know, my young life. It's, it's, you can be a Christian. It's been so that you could kind of be a Christian and nobody really knew. Yeah. And I mean, I've said, I've told Elisha this for forever. I have respected different sects of Christianity that even though I don't, I haven't adhered or or necessarily believed exactly what they've believed when it comes to looking completely different Mm -hmm. from the world. I really respect 
that they just look completely different because I feel like it's so much easier when you look so different from the world to act so different from the world Hmm. because you already, you know where your home is. I don't know. You're just wearing your belief on your sleeve. Yeah. And I think that as we've considered the, you know, the uncertain times and there being just a dividing of opinions and of stances on so many issues in this life. And, Mm -hmm. and of course everybody loves throwing hate in different directions. Uh, it's made me realize, boy, if I'm going to receive hate and if I'm going to receive any persecution or tribulation or trials, I want it to be for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want it to be mm-hmm. because I am a Christian. And at the more I realize that, I don't, I'm not looking for trials or tribulations. You know, James says, count it all joy. You know, when you encounter various trials, it doesn't say count it all joy and go find various trials <laughs> to help you count it joy for. I'm going to avoid trials as much as I can, but I'm not going to denounce my faith. I'm going to remain faithful to Jesus Christ and his word. And I'm not going to go out there and try to pick a fight for something that God has not called me to. Mm-hmm. And I do think that yeah. because I've taken on that mindset, I've thought, boy, well, listen, I love Jesus Christ. I, I believe wholeheartedly in the gospel. That's where I've put all of my hope and my security. So the last thing I'm going to do is not claim that and not walk in that yeah, reality. Elisha's and my goal is to live peaceably with all men for as long as we are able to live peaceably with all men. That's right. And our hope is that that is for our lifetime. Yeah. It really is. And that's how we're living. That's how we're making our decisions. Mm-hmm. I think as, you know, when people want practical, like, provision, right? We always like to think of taking care of our physical bodies and our families, which is a very good practical thing Mm -hmm. to do, you know? So when you guys, like my family had like, you know, the Y2K thing happened. We got buckets of grain and beans and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. My family moved about every six months. So we owned buckets of grain around for years. And then 2008, the housing crash happened. Mm -hmm. We got more buckets of grain and beans. We hauled those around for a bunch of moves and then actually ended up moving two miles away from the farm where we got all the buckets of grain and beans. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) We were like, oh my word, we've been hauling these around forever and we literally should just waited and got up the road and got them. When it comes to practical provision, I feel like, yeah, sicknesses, plagues, uh, disrupted economies, governmental takeovers or Mm -hmm. shutdowns or all these issues have happened over and over and over and over. You look yeah. at every single, um, there's the rise and fall of every single nation, yeah. nation, yeah. right? You see the big old tower statue thing in Daniel. Do you the, remember that? The tower of Babel or? No. And Daniel were like, in, during Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. we're like, there was clay feet and oh, then yeah. silver, like bronze calves and then silver. It, wow, man. And I then he had a gold head. And it was describing the different empires. Oh, wow. Do you remember that? I don't, no. Elisha. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was in a storybook Bible. And so really, you know, I had a picture to go with it. But all these nations thought they were the best. And they rose and and fell. fell. And so we might just be seeing that with America. You know, no one's ever on top forever. Right. That's right. Um, We just really don't know. Yep. You know, the Bible speaks so often to us not knowing. Mm Mm-hmm. The time or the season. The time, the season, the date, the hour. Like, we are kept in the dark. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool because knowing the future can make us just not live in the present. Yeah. I think if I knew that all these things were going to happen ever, then I'm not able to live fully in the present. And something that I think the Lord calls us to, what are we practically supposed to do? 
I guess where I was going with the whole food storage thing is like, yeah, it's always a good idea to have some food on hand because crises are going to happen yes. forever. Like right. it's, <laughs> you see it, we saw that with like coronavirus and everyone storming the toilet paper aisles. Like yes. that's never a bad idea. Um, Elisha and I, we're moving to a state that's more lenient when it comes to how we want to raise our kids. Yeah. You know, so we're taking that practical step. Right. We aren't like building a bomb shelter on a farm somewhere. You but know? we might someday. I we're mean, if I had property, right now. I don't know. Yeah, um, I know. I mean, it'd be sweet if we could f- afford a bomb yeah, shelter. I would love like a self-contained <laughs> farm, you know, that had a bomb <laughs> I'm shelter. I'm learning something new about Elisha right now. A bomb shelter is probably in our future. Yeah, I think that we just, it's just not really in our budget right yeah, now. Yeah, like certain like, things, like we aren't going to basically go out on a limb right now and just like take ourselves off the grid um, you know, yeah. set up for sure. an apocalypse, I right. guess. We aren't doing that. That's a good point. Yeah. We are. You're right, because if we wanted to, we could sell everything. Yeah. We could liquidate some of our assets, and we could find and, a and way. And people have been doing this since the beginning of, I mean, as long as I've been around. Yes. I've known people that, you know, go out to the woods, cut off cell service, and, and bury themselves in a bunker. And as yeah. long as your quality of life is good out there, like, you know, go sure. ahead and do it. Right. But if you're if you're doing it straight up because you think, like, the Lord's coming in the next week and you need to be ready to fight off the zombies. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't even know if zombies are going to come when Jesus comes too. <laughs> Stop. I don't know how that works. You know, it's funny. we always said like, they're a zombie, they're a zombie when we were growing up. I never even knew what a zombie was. Oh. I still have never watched any kind of form of movie with a zombie, but uh-huh. I saw a trailer one time and I was like, oh my word. Yeah. Those things are not okay. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Okay, but when it comes to spiritual things, the Lord, and and this is what I think we should be a lot more occupied with, or or is the spiritual aspect of the Lord coming. We don't want to be caught off guard, Mm. regardless, again, of whether you believe he's coming back to reign or whether he's coming back before a tribulation yeah whether or not you think it's going to happen in your lifetime or not in your lifetime yeah it doesn't matter because honestly we never know when we're going to die either that's right so we need to repent we should be consistently repenting the bible calls us to that Mm -hmm. we need to be ready like Mm -hmm. a bride and waiting we need to be teaching our children so that they're ready and their hearts are ready for whatever the Lord has in store for us and then be peaceful and excited knowing God has it all under control that's right I know this is way easier said than done. Oh, okay, yeah. you guys have heard like our struggles with fear and anxiety and and all these things on yeah. the podcast. Yes, but this is honestly that was before I was digging into God's word, mm. and since I have been reading so much of the Bible and so little news and social media, I just I feel like I genuinely have a lot more eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. That makes sense. You've been setting your mind on things above and not on things of this earth, as we're told to do in Colossians 3. And, you know, I, I guess that's where I'm really excited, Katie, too. You know, and I have to say, just on a personal level, Katie, it's been so inspiring to me to see you dig into God's word. And I think that's the power that a spouse has in the other per, in the other one's life is the ability to really edify and encourage. I mean, husbands are told to wash their wives with the word. And I feel like that's kind of been reversed on me. I feel like you've just been washing me with the word and you've been motivating and inspiring me. And I mean, isn't, doesn't the Bible talk about that in one of the Corinthians where it says a wife with her like subtle conversation is able to convert her husband or something There's like that. There's a verse that a wife without conversation is able to, um, 
I'd have to look it up. Well, and I guess what but I'm saying Bruce is that Peter, you haven't. Says that a white bear conversation can win over her husband. Yeah, so maybe to the faith and right. Well, that's so whatever. That's that big of a all I'm job. saying is that you haven't been like <laughs> preaching to me every day and telling me about all these things you're learning just by witnessing you dig into God's word and witnessing the peace and the joy that it's brought into your own heart and therefore into our home has been such a blessing to me and it's inspired me to dig into God's word deeper and more fervently than ever before. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord has given you a hunger and an appetite for him and for his word. And I just would encourage any spouse listening when you're doing this, you're not just blessing yourself, you're blessing your spouse, you're blessing your children, you're blessing all that you're around. And uh, cause I know I've experienced that I've been a recipient of your dedication to God's word. And that's so encouraging to hear because I know that um, you for pretty much the whole of our marriage have been that for me. Mm. And so I really good, appreciate good. That. And, you know, you, you mentioned the the I think you referenced the virgins that, that the Matthew talks about with their oil, their lamps. Oh, and yeah. they wanted to have enough oil, right, mm-hmm. to be able to be ready for the bridegroom returning. And I do think that that is he's clearly talking about the church, how we are to be ready and waiting for the bridegroom, for Jesus Christ. I thought it was like, make sure you have your buckets of oil in your storeroom. Sure. Get your buckets of <laughs> Get your buckets. Of grain. Don't run out. Yeah. Uh, but I, <laughs> no, I do. I mean, yeah. the way I see that is just where's my yeah. heart at? Where like, are we where, ready? Where, where are we building up our treasures? You already referenced that, Katie. That's another passage from Matthew. You know, where your heart is, there's your treasure. That's where it's going to be, where your treasure is mm-hmm. going to be also. And I think that the most convicting thing about this time for me has been realizing how my mind is so prone to jump back and forth almost you know like multiple times a day on okay i'm building treasure in heaven or i'm building treasure on earth depending on what headline i read you know it's like you read things are good we're gonna build a business here yeah that's how my mindset's been it's like okay it looks like you know the economy's recovering okay well maybe we can be millionaires and we can have our second home and we can go on that great ski trip to the Alps that we've dreamed about doing. And it's like, I start really putting hope in that and daydreaming about that. And those are fun things, right? Like, who knows? Maybe we'll experience them. Maybe we won't. And then I'll read another headline and I think, Oh gosh, I got to, where's my heart at? Like, Lord, I I need to get back in your word. You know, where's my confidence and my hope? Have I, have I been in fellowship with the Lord? Have I been confessing my sins to him? Uh, you know, like I don't want to be caught off guard by the return of the Lord because all my time and energy is caught up in worldly pursuits. And I can't tell you how many times I've jumped back and forth from those two mindsets. And I think that's what's convicting for me is that, no, I want my heart and my mind to always be set on things above. I want my treasure to be in heaven. And I want to work heartily as unto the Lord here on earth. And do I have goals here that are material? Sure, I do. You know, do we have dreams to experience various things that this world has to offer? Sure, we do. But I do not want my hope to be in those things. Yeah, and I think that is, Elisha. I'm glad you brought that up because I do feel like that is actually a very biblical perspective that the Lord has given us skills and abilities. And there are so many times in his word where he speaks about working heartily as unto the Lord, of stewarding what he has given us. Mm -hmm. And so as Christians, we aren't just supposed to be on here. And I do see this sometimes. It's easy to get into this mindset, too, of just sitting on our hands and being scared about just, okay, the world's going to fall into disrepair. I'm going to just sit here and watch the news till Jesus comes back and saves me from all of it. Yes. Instead of actively, you know, we don't want to take our talent, bury it in the sand, and just forget about it. Right. The Lord's given us skills and abilities to use until he comes. Yes. And we should be using those in our communities, in our families, actively 
evangelizing and being about the works of the Lord. And so whether your viewpoint is this world's going to get better Mm -hmm. till Christ's returning or this world's going to get worse until Mm -hmm. Christ's returning, he's given us a specific biblical mandate to walk worthy of him and to um, just really care and take care of the things that he's given us to steward. That's right. And I think that's where our heart and our mind need to be. And I always, you know, want to iterate, this is only through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I even was thinking about what I just talked about. And when I think about the Lord returning and I think, okay, am I right with the Lord? There's only one thing that makes me right with the Lord. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's Mm -hmm. his, it's his perfect life, his death and his resurrection. And that, as far as a being justified, we are only justified by the blood and the life of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Not anything. We talked about this in our last episode, not anything that we're doing. Doing. We are earning our salvation. So we're ready when God gets here. That's right. Like, okay, Lord, we did enough good things. That's right. That's not what we're talking about when we say being prepared. We just want our hearts to be ready. That's right. Our hearts and our minds and our treasure. We want to be feel like, we want to feel like we're genuinely going home. Because he's calling us home. I love the last mm-hmm. verse of, um, you know, probably my favorite hymn of all time is In Christ Alone. And there's that line at the very end that says, uh, Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I stand. And I think that regardless of we whether we live a long life and we die of old age, whether Christ returns, whether he calls us home, whether, you know, he comes and reigns here on earth, or whatever it is, we're here in the power of Christ. And we're going to walk in the power of Christ, and we're going to believe in the power of Christ, and we're going to die in the power of Christ, mm-hmm. and we're going to stand before God because of the righteousness of Christ and because of Christ alone. He's our righteousness. He is our hope, and he's our foundation. That's awesome, Elisha. I'm so glad you clarified that, too, That's because that's very, very important. We don't want to have, because that can lend to a lot of fear, too, being yeah, like, like, oh, I'm, I'm, not, doing I'm not ready. I yeah. haven't done enough things that, for me enough. to be okay with God. That's right. That's and not that's, how it is. We are okay with him right now that's right. as uh, blood-bought believers. That's right. That's right. And something else I just want to touch on, because especially for mothers, it's easy to say, okay, store up, for tre- store up treasures in heaven, but our children are our treasures mm. here on earth. And it can bring a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety to think, well, my treasures are right here, these little yes. guys, and their hearts and their souls, and it's traumatic to think of them growing up in a very dark world yep. or to think of them having things happen to them that we can't control. Yep. And something that really has always brought me so much encouragement when it comes to bringing children into this world is the story of Noah, where the whole earth was so wicked. Hmm. God destroyed it. But something that was so encouraging to me is when it says that Noah got on the boat and his children and their wives. Mm -hmm. And I think, wow, that's so cool that not only was Noah's family there, but the Lord saw fit that in an entire earth that was so destroyed, he found spouses Mm -hmm. for these kids. You know, like, I just think that's such a beautiful picture of like, just his faithfulness to our children. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's just one very physical way, but it's just like the Lord is faithful in every single generation. He Mm -hmm. was faithful back then. He's faithful now. And, and that's just encouraging. And we could also trust the Lord with our children's hearts. We need to be preparing our children for whatever the Lord has in store for them. Because what's to say if say, you know, 
that the in times, whatever that means to you, doesn't come in our lifetime mm-hmm. or in our children's lifetime. Well, maybe one of our kids is going to go be a missionary overseas and they're going to experience all the things that we chalked up to just being tribulation yes. stuff. Right, right. Right? Just because it doesn't happen here in America doesn't mean our children's faith isn't going to be tested in, in a physical or fearful, fear, I guess, right. Right. inducing way. Yes. So it's something that I just really want to be preparing our children's hearts for too. Mm. And prepare our, tr- our little treasures for being with us yes. in heaven. That's right. And, you know, they are God's children first and foremost. And he's blessed us with our children to steward. You know, we don't get, we don't get to own these children. We don't get to determine what their future is going to look like. They're God's children. So we get to steward them. And we've talked about how we, I think we do answer to God for how we steward our children. And I do want to just instill in God's children and these children that he's blessed with me a faith and a foundation that's built on God's word and on God's goodness and on God's righteousness and his holiness and of a good holy fear of him and I my hope would be that whether we see this world come to an end in our generation if it's in my children's generation I would hope that their faith is so strong and if it's in my grandchildren's generation I hope that my children would pass on faith to them Mm -hmm. and so I think having a generational perspective is wise regardless of how you view the end times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think it's really easy to think of life in terms of our life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, are you it's me? just yeah. really easy to have that short term mindset. And we make a lot of decisions that way. Yep. But you look at how many times the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is referenced in the Bible mm. and all the generations after that, when you see all the genealogies and you see all the breakdowns of the unfaithful people in there and then they get back on track and there's mm-hmm. like a few faithful generations in there. It's just like, I don't know, when you see humanity laid out and Christianity laid out in this giant picture of thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it just gives you such a, different perspective yeah. i guess than I if a I'm confidence in of god what do yeah. elisha and i want next week right. you know we want to go on a vacation yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah so i don't know but that's i don't where are we at well yeah wow, we, we've kind of we need to wrap this thing up because time. i mean the babysitter is gonna probably just babysitter's gonna bail yeah babysitter's gonna abandon our kids uh <laughs> folks i mean listen i don't want to be flippant in any conversation i know we've been approaching this from a lighthearted standpoint, but I think it is a serious topic and Katie and I are treating it seriously. Uh, and if anything, I would just want to encourage further study of God's word because I know Katie and I can't say with confidence what the end times are going to look like or when it's going to happen or how it's going to transpire. Uh, but I do know that God is good and he's the one that sustains us through hard times, through good times. And the more I can go to his word and the more I can know him in an intimate way and grow in confidence of who he is, then the more, I guess, the things of this earth grow strangely dim, as the great hymn says, and I'm able to find my confidence and put my heart in heaven and have my mindset on things above. Mm-hmm. And so I just would encourage any believer, you know, I'm sure you've got people out there have, that are listening, have far better understanding of this stuff than I do. Um, but even as our understanding grows, I hope my love for God grows with it. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful way to end. And I would just encourage to, if you are feeling anxiety or fear or these things to really dig into the scripture like Elisha was saying, and just renew our minds Mm. with Mm. God's word, because regardless of what we believe about the end times, 
it should be joyful. I think so too. Yeah. We should look forward to that day with great anticipation. And we should feel peaceful yes. about it. That's so, right. Anyways, Folks, love thank you, guys. you so much. Yes. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.